Hello everyone, welcome to Healthy Conversations with your host Nesha Vanderson. Today we're joined by two amazing guests who are very accomplished in the field of pharmacy. Our topic today, we're going to be discussing business and entrepreneurship. I'm excited to have an amazing discussion uh, with uh, two fellow pharmacists who've practiced in this field for years. So first of all, on my right hand side, I've got uh, Mr. Gabriel Karani, who's a pharmacist by profession. He also holds a master's in business administration. He has worked in hospital pharmacy, and he's also a pharmacist entrepreneur with a passion in health informatics. Welcome, Mr. Karani. Thank you very much, Pastor. Okay, thank you. And to my left, we are joined by Dr. Ishen Komo. He's a pharmacist by profession. He also holds a master's in clinical pharmacology, and he has recently completed his doctorate in business administration. Welcome, Dr. Nkomo. Thank you, ma'am. Welcome. All right. Thank you. Yes, so I'm quite excited to get into this conversation so we can keep um, <coughs> the discussion open. And I think let's give a bit of insight into the area of pharmacy, the business of pharmacy. And both of you are quite well accomplished and you understand this field and area quite a lot. So I think we'll start with uh, yourself, uh, Dr. Nkomo. Just tell us more about just uh, your career choice and a bit of your background in terms of pharmacy in your part. What led you here? Oh, okay. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, well, I think my journey began probably, I could say, over 25 years ago uh, when I just had completed my A-levels and I was very sure that I wanted to be a pharmacist. I even had the points to do medicine, but I just said no. I am going okay. to go and do pharmacy. And it has always been my passion um, to go into the field of pharmaceutical because I always felt that um, I liked what it was about, that it had a business element to it, which uh, I felt I could probably um, enjoy and uh, change it around as I moved on. So I started off at the tender age after um, completing my, my undergrad at the University of Zimbabwe. Um, that was in 1999. Okay. Um, then from then on, I did my internship under medics, people pharmacies. I think that's where I then um, discovered my entrepreneurial skills that probably I would be able to run my own uh, businesses from then. So I started out, um, that was out in 2003. That's when I then started my own business. And to be really honest, how I started my business was um, through the grace of another pharmacist. His name was Andy Vaughan. Um, he, I think he was tired and he felt that he had probably done so much. I think he was now in his 50s, closer to his 60s, I'm sure. And he wanted to retire. And then he said, okay, um, young man, here's a group of, here's a pharmacy. Uh, when we started, there was only one. And then he took us through. Um, he gave it to us and gave us time to pay without even a bank loan. Okay, wow. Yeah. That's, uh, so I am kind of thinking of that same vein when I decide that I want to retire. Because the unfortunate thing about pharmacy is you can't pass it on if you you your children or whoever you want to pass it on to is not a pharmacist. Yes, it yes. becomes difficult yes. for the, that the, 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 the Yes, and generational wealth. Yes. So to look at generational wealth, 
you have to use your pharmacy to leverage. Yes. So, yeah, I have been in the uh, community pharmacy space for over 20 years now since um, um, I was introduced to it by medics and Andy Vaughan. And I have, um, at my peak, I think I ran about eight pharmacies. Wow. Yeah, it was, yeah. and that was during the hyperinflationary days of 2008. But we, <laughs> we survived and went through that. And then probably I decided to divest after realizing that probably um, it was not as easy to, to sort of manage such a huge um, responsibility under the economic conditions. Yes, I think managing eight pharmacies is quite a, a, exactly. a lot of work. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I followed the Andy Warren route and gave some to my managers, which are now st still operating those. Um, or one of the managers that I gave or that I let them run the pharmacies is Booties. Booties runs two of the pharmacies that I used to own. She now owns those. Okay. And she's well, doing very well. Yeah, she's doing quite well. Yeah, she's doing I think she's more of an operator. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, she, she's doing well. And I think um, it's, it's a very interesting journey. But the most important thing, but my passion was, was to ensure that we helped people yes. and helped yeah. the patient. Yes, and keep the patient at the center. Yeah, of, of, of everything that we do. And I also did feel that um, the more you'd counsel them and the more they would understand your medicine, the more they would ensure they would come back. Mm. Uh, instead of just dishing out the prescriptions, yes. we actually did have time and always ensured that in whatever pharmacy design we came up with, there was always a counseling room. To ensure that we can uh, speak can to patients. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So, the uh, what I always believe is uh, the passion follows the money. So when you're really still passionate about what you do, and um, really are looking at improving the lives of Zimbabweans by ensuring um, they're getting their medicine at the right time, quality medicines. Um, Ethically, I think um, you will definitely make it in, in, in the entrepreneurial space of uh, which pharmacy holds. So I'm now looking more of a, at a uh, career change. I'm more moving into consultancies now, doing more of consulting. Maybe I think I've ex I feel I've exhausted the retail space and I'm trying to sort of move on to more... Um, more fulfilling, more uh, national-driven projects. Okay. Yes. Onwards and upwards. Eh? Exactly. So I think there's a lot more ahead uh, yes. for you in your career. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I also believe is what you need to do is explore and cover the gaps. Mm. When you cover the gaps, that is where the money is. And that's where the passion should lie. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah, lovely to hear about that. Uh, thank you. And uh, we'll move on to you, Mr. Karani. Thank you. Um, let's talk a bit about your career path. Why did you choose pharmacy and how did you come down this road in terms of uh, where you are as an entrepreneur and as someone who's also come from hospital pharmacy? Thank you, Nisha. Um, so my first contact of a pharmacist was uh, due to my, my mother. My mother is a, 
hypertensive and also he's on diabetic meds. So every time you should visit a pharmacist to get their prescription filled. Whenever she will come back, she will explain to me how the pharmacist was 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 counseling me, telling me about diet and so on. So it started as a fascination. And when I went for my A levels, um, with Marie's two brothers, young, um, I I didn't choose the subjects that are science related because pharmacy now was something that I was aspiring to 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 to, to do. Um, I moved to University of Zimbabwe uh, to do pharmacy. Um, uh, that was in uh, year 2002. Um, then I started my pharmacy degree. Um, fortunately, medics came on board to give scholarships to, 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 to students that were top performers, and I was one of the recipients of that scholarship. Oh, so nice. I mentored under uh, the leadership of uh, the then managing director, Mepo Torongo, um, his students were eight in our class that were selected. Um, we got an opportunity to get to be attached at a rural hospital in Paririnyatwa. That's when the hospital pharmacy uh, then came into me uh, during the, all those years as we were students. When I finished at university, um, I was attached at Medics Marco um, as a second pharmacist. Um, when they were expanding, I became a manager, but still hospital pharmacy was one of the things that I was, I was, I was, I was willing to try. I moved to Western Hospital as a chief pharmacist, um, did about six, seven years at Western Hospital. I managed to, to participate in many procedures, for example, um, the hip replacement and so on procedures. Then, um, because the career part, I really wanted to, 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 to be at the, the best institution in, in, in the private sector. So I moved to Avenues Hospital uh, as, a, as a senior pharmacist there. I did around four years uh, with Avenues Hospital um, to talk to most of the surgeons, uh, most of the specialists and stakeholders there, uh, even suppliers and so on. Um, then, now I then said, no, let me go into consultancy, let me go into the retail space, let me invest in um, a retail business um, and also do a little bit of information technology, bringing in technology into how we we dispense, how we cancel clients, how we get in touch uh, with clients. So currently now, that is what I'm, I'm doing, uh, a lot of it. Um, we want to try and say how can pharmacy services reach the, the very people that are, um, are, are not accessible. Uh, so you see many of the development ap applications that we are doing is to try and reach out with a WhatsApp or even ordinary SMS to say you can get information on health, you can get information on drugs, you can actually order your medicines uh, through an application and so on. So this is what I'm currently, I'm currently doing. And also I've been mentoring students over the years to try and impact the, the profession into the students and to try and teach them how uh, the pharmacists run, how the profession is run, and how we also take care of the, the patients. Okay, wow, I think that's uh, quite a lot. And you've also unpacked, I think, a number of key topics and uh, key thematic areas. I see um, in terms of education and skills, both of you have chosen to always advance your skills and go beyond pharmacy. So is this one of the key critical aspects and ingredients when it comes to successfully running a pharmacy? And also here you've mentioned mentorship. Is that also important and a key critical ingredient? 
So one of the key things is when you are in a corporate setup, you need to appreciate the finances of running a business. You need to appreciate all the other departments. So during my stay at, at, the, at the two institutions, I had to do a master's in business administration because one of the things from us is that I made to do is to, to, to create a budget, to, to, to order, to procure, uh, to allocate certain things that you need. Uh, as you will be running four or five theatres, so you really need to have that, um, that knowledge, that accounting background. Uh, so yes, definitely you need to further your education and so on. And then mentorship, this is uh, giving back to the community. As I explained, I was taken as a student by medics. Uh, they mentored us, they shaped what we have today. So one of the things that pharmacists need to do is to give back to this community, take the students, uh, mentor them, teach them uh, so that they become good professionals, so that they, 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 they get to know what we need to do as a profession and going forward. Um, yes, I would actually want to, to echo and agree with uh, Mr. Karani. Uh, my pre-reg supervisor, uh, over 20 years ago was Mabel Torongo. At the time, I think she was not yet managing director of medics. She was a director. And um, she basically opened the way for me and taught me how to be a proper pharmacist. And from that time, I think ever since I started my business, I always ensured that I took up a student. So I have been mentoring pharmacist students from um, probably 20 years ago. And I think um, one of my uh, mentees of note would be, of course, Booty's Pharmacy Daisy and um, Charles Mutototwa of, um, what's that? Uh, uh, Michael Garfant. Yeah, Michael yeah. yeah. So, and I've been doing that over the years. So I think I can probably say in my career, I've mentored over 25 students. Uh, I've tried to give back. I, I even took it upon myself um, to lecture pro bono at the University of Zimbabwe to try and give back. And I think I will go back and try and give back as well. Because um, I believe now I do have the expertise and the experience and um, probably be able to model our future pharmacists where the gaps are and how to exploit those gaps. Yes. and how to ensure you turn your business idea into a value proposition that you can bank on. Yes, yeah. yes that you can probably go borrow on or have partners willing to invest and work with you yes. to build something that will improve the lives of Zimbabweans, not just saying it as a blank statement, but probably uh, giving world-class pharmacy services to, to our country. And yeah, as Mr. Karani also said, even trying to reach um, the rural areas. Because as we are speaking now, we actually do kind of feel there are so many pharmacies. Yes. And there are quite the, a lot of pharmacies now. Yes, within the yeah, cities. Within the cities, yes. But nothing within the, uh, uh, within the growth points or rural district councils or yeah. Yeah, places like that. Yeah. So, and there are people there. Yes, the and people also need a help, and they yes, also need to be served, they also exactly. need medicines. And they also do need yes. a quality service. Mm -hmm. And um, it will be a way of sort of upgrading our communities and ensuring that uh, we are there and helping our Zimbabwean public. 
And I think that's the, the most important thing. One of the key things that mm -hmm. you mentioned as you were responding was partnership. Mm -hmm. And another thing that you talked about uh, is investment. Yes. In your career, did you have a number of successful partnerships? Were there issues and strains, any challenges that you can highlight? And <laughs> okay, uh, I think. I'll ask there is later. Yeah, I think um, maybe just to answer you shortly, it's a mixed bag. Um, the really unfortunate thing is, when you do have partners, they don't quite understand sometimes that these are people's lives. So, you are in between profits and people's lives. Mm. Yes, and, and the essence is. As you are um, the pharmacist, you've got three, four bodies to answer to, regulatory bodies, to ensure there's protection of the public. So in, in that view, it's a delicate balance, which you need to find balance on, and probably at the get-go, tell your partners, no, no, no. Pharmacy operates in such a manner, and it's about um, protection of the public. Yes. So it comes to two things. So you're yes. talking about both um, the practice of pharmacy and also then the business of pharmacy. Yes. So you're always trying to wait up every time for even your yes. investors and exactly. your partner. Exactly. And Mr. Karim, for yourself, how's your experience been with partnership and investment in the industry and running it? Um, general investment in the in, in the retail pharmacy in the business is usually difficult to come by. So you have to, to to generate it from your own savings and mm -hmm. from the little that you you, you get. Um, exactly. The the investment that I've done into two of my pharmacy is when when I left the organizations that I was working with, um, I, I I I got a few uh, dollars there. That's what I used to invest. And generally, partnership because of the laws, as Mr. Gomo was saying, um, the law allows for a pharmacist to have the majority shareholding. This is so that you can protect the practice of pharmacy, as we explained. So usually, one way the controlling state tends to detect the pace in a business. So you have partnership usually with minority uh, financiers, yes. that would be that would be okay. But if the financier is the the majority, either you're breaking the law or it will be difficult then to, to run the business. But so far with the partners that I have or with the investments that I have, they are all pharmacists uh, coming together to, 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 to run a business. Uh, and this is the way to go now. Mm -hmm. So you have a thousand, a thousand five hundred individual owned pharmacies. So you look at raising capital, it's very difficult for all these. But if pharmacists come together, uh, three or four, a, form a, a, a grouping, it will be easier to access finances, it will be easier to, to run and you actually corporatize uh, the, the business. Yeah, like yeah. now, most are being run as so entrepreneurs, mm. where, where all the risk is just on that pharmacy. And even a bank, it will take longer or difficult to then uh, put money in when one, one person without a lot of collateral. But I've been fortunate enough to have pharmacists coming with me to say, let's start this business, let's invest. Mm -hmm. I'll be doing my other consultants and the business. We meet and we discuss about the business, see the growth and, 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 and see how we can strategize about the business. No, I understand, yeah. So I think it's quite difficult. And also in that uh, light and situation, the role of other actors, for example, lawyers, mm. ensuring you've got your right agreements in place, mm. you can't underestimate that. No, you can't. Um, Definitely can't. Even when it comes to business, I think as Mr. Karen had highlighted mm. earlier on, 
accounting practices. You yes. need to also ensure that you've got systems. your systems and your books, you do them properly. Um, looking back, you've had a wealth of experience within the industry. What are, what are some of the key highlights that really stand out in your career? What has been the most rewarding aspect about being a pharmacist? Now, well, I think the most rewarding thing for me was um, starting up uh, pharmacies, greenfield pharmacies, from nothing. Um, um, I think I think in my career, I started. Probably, I had a management buyover of three, maybe, and then the other five were all greenfields that you'd start um, and probably see the project from the beginning all the way till the end. And, um, and then you then see how it continues and starts to flourish. And I think that is the most fulfilling thing. And when patients come in and say, wow, we didn't have a pharmacy here. We really liked what you've done. Yes, you've added to the community. You've, you've added to the community. Yes, and helped as well. And, 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 and what I've also realized is within the community, they'll be so excited. And we even had partnerships with um, uh, the ladies that would sell on... Um, um, uh, what you call that, Pamsikapaya, where you'd uh, give them bibs written the name of your pharmacy, give them bins, and then they, they would really love that. And seeing that you're part of the community like that was was just amazing. It's surreal. It's this is something that you 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 never I never even imagined. Yeah. So I I, I really did enjoy the green fields and. Um, Taking them from start to finish, yes, and, and seeing uh, the project, seeing it grow, and nurturing it, grow it. and nurturing yes. it. I was, uh, I was very, very interesting. Okay. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, very fulfilling. Yes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Kaini, yes. um, you heard Mr. Uh, Dr. Nkomo mention and highlight. I think the sense of community and the ability to help. I think about the story that you started with when you're talking about your own mother who was also suffering from a number of conditions and also needed access to medicine. So for yourself, what are the key highlights um, outside you know, the sense of community or key highlights that make uh, pharmacy a rewarding career path for you? So my key highlight is in the hospital, in the, in the, in the hospital environment. Um, when you get to see a patient walking out the hospital, after the team, the medical team, the pharmacists, the doctors have done everything that they've done so that this person can recover. So the impact that I've made in the in the hospital sector over the last couple years is my key highlight. I've interacted with top surgeons internationally and locally. Uh, we have sat down to discuss about the patient's conditions. I've worked in critical care um, departments with intensivists uh, and with surgeons. So the level of, 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 of trust that a patient they have on you when they are going onto the bed or they are going to get into the theatre and also the trust that they, they have for you as a pharmacist to say whatever they are taking um, and also the follow-up that you do as a pharmacist on all the meds they are taking, all the interaction and the explanation that you give to the person, that gratitude or that 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 information when the, the, the client thanks you to say thank you very much pharmacist, I am now feeling better is the key highlight. Then over the years also, because hospital pharmacy is 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 not very accessible to students. 
uh, because of less private hospitals and also because the government system, most of the district and provincial hospitals lack pharmacists to mentor um, pharmacists. So that that interaction with students who are coming to them realize what the hospital system like, uh, were coming for their uh, supervision and so on. Uh, that was my key highlight. I would enjoy talking to students. I would enjoy impacting the knowledge that I have of sandwiches, of theater drugs um, over the years. And now the business side of, of, of pharmacy to actually let the students or let the young pharmacists know that other than a profession, it's also a business. You need to run it as a business. You need to do all the recordings. You need to grow it as a business, as a, as a form of um, employment. So over the years, that is one thing that I've been uh, happy and I feel fulfilled when you have a young pharmacist now opening a pharmacy or coming to say, uh, come and grace my, my new business that I'm opening, especially in, in low to rich areas, uh, out of Harare, out of Lawayo, you see the impact that they can make at the communities. Yes, uh, and uh, I think it's always quite nice when you now see the people that you've also mentored and helped through the system, then go out and go to make it for themselves and makes and do something. Definitely. Yeah, so I think as much as we've also discussed career highlights, what were the biggest challenges that you've probably faced in your entire career? Okay. That really stand out and, you know, just let us know also how you overcame any of the challenges. Okay. Um, I think maybe the biggest challenge for me was uh, trying to corporatize my setup. Um, what do I mean by corporatize? Um, I think when I was now working on my expansion drive, I realized I needed a bank to, to finance me. So um, ensuring that the numbers do make sense, um, speaking to chartered accountants, speaking to lawyers, um, having uh, chartered accountants incorporated into your business to ensure that you've got proper systems, you've got cash flow projections, you've got uh, proper profit and loss statements that the bank can understand and that the bank finds credible. Um, that was one of the challenges that I did face, but I managed to overcome and um, ensure that I got financing. So uh, in my career, I think I did get finan financing quite a bit from the banks. Um, uh, NMB was a very big bank for us, sponsored a lot of things for us. FBC as well, um, they did sponsor a lot of things and made us probably grow to what we, we then became. Um, so I figure what I've learned is uh, from the get-go and that's what I sort of impacted on my uh, interns that from the get-go. You yes. have to start off. So try design. You can, you can be small today, but yes. still think big, big. And then know that down the line, yes. I have to prepare myself. And yeah. yeah. So I think if you then look at the mentees that then did follow, they've done exceptionally well. Yes. So they always tell me that, you always used to tell us, guys, let's push sales. Mm. I'm going to the bank. Mm. The bank is saying this. Mm. We have to make sure we ensure that our cash flow projections are understandable, our sales are understandable, our business is bankable. We have turned the practice of pharmacy into business. Profit and loss. Every month our managers would then produce and give us and present and tell us 
okay, I didn't make a loss here, I broke even, there's no money. And then we'll say, okay, we're keeping your branch open because it's a new one. Branch A, B, and C are funding the other one. So you then see over the years that um, um, the passion is what keeps you there. sustains you. Yes. Okay. That's what sustained you. Okay. Yes. And Mr. Khan, yeah. what are some of your biggest challenges that you faced and how have you managed to also overcome? You've run multiple pharmacies, you've mm. come from one area of pharmacy, hospital, and retail. So let us know a bit more mm. about some of the challenges that you faced and how you overcome. So the biggest challenge that I faced initially when I was starting hospital pharmacy was the acceptance of a pharmacist in a hospital uh, team. So because pharmacy generally in Zimbabwe, the, the number of pharmacists um, were slightly lower and also because traditionally most of the things that pharmacists do have been taken over either by doctors or they've been taken over either by nurses or certain institutions they actually don't have any uh, personnel from pharmacy manning their pharmacies. So my first year at, uh, at Western Hospital was to try and um, seek the relevance, to try and prove that there is need of a pharmacist in every team in terms of knowledge, in terms of availability of things, in terms of stocking and so on. But also the biggest challenge is because our business level, we have done a course in pharmacy of business, but nothing is followed through to, to actually put us in a way where you can uh, sense business-wise. So most of our meetings, uh, all the business jargons, all the profits and loss and so on, Opinion, you have to equip yourself for, for all that and so on. Then, as I grew in the hospital with the interaction of doctors and so on, they started seeing the relevance of a pharmacist. And now, the challenge was how can we multiply this to, to other hospitals, to, to the government institutions, too, so that people then get to understand the role of a pharmacist. And I always say it as a model to say nothing about medicine without a pharmacy, without a pharmacist. You can't speak of how you are going to procure medicine even for the country, or you are going to procure medicine even for the institution or for a particular group of um, clients without the involvement of a pharmacist because they have a role, they are the specialist of, of medicine. Yes. Then they move now from a hospital side to a retail side. That was very difficult now because now a in a hospital setup, you are really not worried about the cost. It's generally about the outcome to the patient. You look for the best standards, for the best medicines, uh, so that you can have a better outcome. In a retail setup, and they've done the business aspect. They start thinking, can I stop this? Will it move? Will it not expire on the shelf? Uh, you know, and I mean, am I going to have many, many clients? So you open a pharmacy today, you're not even sure whether clients are going to be coming. You can spend the first six months He's sitting in the pharmacy and one person coming at a time and so on as you grow the business. So we had to, to devise ways of reaching out to, to, to more clients. This meant visiting doctors. This meant uh, developing, as I was saying, information and technology applications where people can get in contact with the farmers without actually advertising because advertising is prohibited. Uh, this is the journey that I've been taking so that people can get to know what a pharmacy is or what a pharmacy is where it is uh, without spending a lot of time. And this is work in progress because now uh, cost-wise, you don't want a patient to be moving around many pharmacies only to discover that what they need is in another pharmacy in another, another town. 
So we want to make it easier for clients um, and patients to know their meds, to get in touch with the pharmacist, to have information with the pharmacist, because every patient deserves their drugs to be reviewed by a pharmacist. Yes. Yeah, and the, the pharmacist mm. is the expert when it comes to medicine. Exactly. And so you have the center of um, these healthcare teams when mm. it comes to the decision making. Um, I think it's quite interesting you've come up, I think you've survived, I think, uh, this industry and, you know, all the challenges and difficulties uh, that are there. Um, even, I think, when you were speaking, I was just now thinking that sometimes you also don't get a lot of pharmacists leading in certain roles at corporate organizations. Mm. Exactly. So you find a lot of them are moved um, to become entrepreneurs mm. and then set up and run their own uh, businesses. Mm. Yeah, going forward, what do you think is the outlook and the ever-changing role of the pharmacist? I think we've seen COVID-19 mm. come and take a toll um, in terms of supply chain, access to medicines, and from Mr. Karani, he's also highlighted a number of innovative mm. ways. Mm. He's also changed the way he's practicing pharmacy mm. now. Exactly. Um, so for you, what is the outlook? Um, the outlook I see for pharmacy, especially in Zimbabwe, is we need to decentralize. Instead of just maintaining ourselves within the cities, we need to open up new entities in uh, rural areas and probably um, try and serve where the bulk of our communities are. Um, and I think that is where the survival of the profession lies. And also I do passionately feel the essence of technology. There, there are a lot of uh, laws and uh, infringements that need to change mm. to ensure better access to the public yes. of uh, where to get medicines um, and probably how to get the medicines to them. That is also something that I find of great importance. But where the essence is, whoever is coming into the pharmacy practice, um, there is still a, a lot of um, traction and a lot of movement and a lot of space for everybody, but we have to realize where the gaps are. And to be honest with you, right now, I figure, okay, all right, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I think where the gaps are, as we speak now, as a country, we only manufacture 10% of our medicines needs. Right. So that's where a gap is. Uh, in the 80s and 90s, we used to supply over 80 to 90%. That used to, used to come from our own country, from our own factories, from our own pharmaceutical companies. And we used to export to the region and further up north. So that's where the game changer lies. So I, I would I would figure that's where the gaps are. Yes. Yes, and um, probably also then being able to try and exploit those gaps. You might start small, but you'll get there. Yeah. Yes, and with the trajectory of the government looking towards manufacturing of our own pharmaceutical products within country, I think we we can try and you know uh, piggyback and lead the discussion and lead the investments in, 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 in such entities where, uh, as Mr. Karani has said, a, a, a combination of different pharmacists, we could actually sit down together and say, we do have an idea, let's take it forward. We want to manufacture the majority of medicines, yeah. Like we look at ARVs, that's a big thing. 
I think the country spends a hundred of millions of dollars on our population. And um, I think that is something, it may be emotive, but it's something that we can look at and look at those gaps and see how we can probably uh, carry the nation forward in such, in such projects. And the entrepreneur in you is speaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. that will be the next project, I think. On, I, 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 I hope so. Yes, I, I, I totally um, hope so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, I think when you think of issues around supply chain mm. and uh, self-sufficiency, yes. I think that's quite an important COVID area. taught us that. Yes, and I think you mentioned even IT and yes. the role of IT oh. in health. We're, we're mm. quite behind. And I think Mr. Mm. Karani had also mentioned mm. that you also want to look forward to improving some of the tools yes. around uh, IT, which will help with knowledge and access and you know, information around medicines. So for yourself, um, what is the outlook that uh, you see also for pharmacy? So currently, I'm studying master's in, in, in public health. And one of the things that I'm seeing is mm-hmm. the policy aspect of yes. Zimbabwe, especially when it comes to, to drugs. Um, yes, we have, a, we have a, a strategy that is there on manufacturing and so on, but mm-hmm. the imagination part is, is a challenge. So I think as pharmacists now, we need to, to, to do conversations on policies. Mm-hmm. We need to position the country in such a way that certain things start moving. As we were explaining to say, today, uh, Zimbabwe does not manufacture any sterile uh, medicine. So it means anything that is injectable, we are importing. Mm-hmm. And things like syringes, like needles, like 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 bandages and so on. We are importing all those things. Mm-hmm. And to give you an example, things like tongue depressor, just an mm-hmm. ordinary yeah. wood, wooden, uh, stick, yeah. wooden stick. We are importing. We are importing plastic approach. Mm-hmm. We are importing latex glass and so on. So almost everything mm-hmm. we, are we, are, we, are, we are importing. Yet we have a lot of pharmacists we are in there. Yet we have capital. So on the policy part, the government and the industry needs to come together to say, this is what we want to do. Uh, we are given a certain timeline to start manufacturing. We need certain sponsorship or certain investment in this particular plant to start manufacturing these things. So most of these, because these conversations exclude pharmacists, mm-hmm. so most of them uh, do not come to fruition because pharmacists are not part of the conversation. I'm saying all those policymakers and so on need to rob in uh, different organizations that are representing pharmacists. And another example is to say, over the years, uh, only one manufacturer uh, came in from 1980 to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of the 10 that are it is only one. one. Yes, it means there was absolutely no investment. Mm-hmm. And the number of products and lines that we were manufacturing 20 years ago has gone down to, it's Mr. Ngomo saying, mm-hmm. say, we are only giving 10% of the requirements that is needed in the public sector. Then also, we, we need to look at uh, manufacturing locally all the active ingredients and mm-hmm. all the things that enable our industry to, to, to grow. So those are the things that we need to focus on as we go so that the industry can, 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 can pick up. Finance is needed in the industry. Obviously, there are laws that are protecting the profession and so on, but there are ways that we can raise finances mm. in the industry, especially to, to give returns for somebody that has put their money in there. Mm. Yeah. And I think finance uh, I think is a big issue. I think uh, when we discuss um, investment in healthcare, and when we invest in healthcare, it's quite important that we also have sufficient funds that do come in because we're building our tomorrow. 
Mm-hmm. I think without a healthy nation, you lack productivity. Mm-hmm. So you also want to make sure that you're also building a healthy nation. You're also building with the right number of workers mm-hmm. that are also present in it. So how can we attract more investment? I think you both spoke about uh, the outlook of pharmacy. Mm-hmm. I get excited when I hear a new project. I mm-hmm. The entrepreneur in me also gets mm-hmm. excited. So, but sometimes I also think, where does the funding and the money also come for the, these initiatives? I can see the importance of what you're talking about. We're not talking about manufacturing and let's make our own, you know, from tools to the equipment mm. to some of the medicines. But how do we get there? Okay. So, um, so I, I, I can say generally when you have policies that support the, the industry, for example, special economic zone, if the industry is identified as a special economic zone, it means um, you can allow investment in there at reduced taxes, at, 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 at you can have equipment coming in at reduced taxes, you can also have banks coming in to, to, to finance certain products and so on. And also if certain products being restricted to say once these 10 companies are now manufacturing, for example, paracetamol, there is no need of us giving a tender to an international company to bring what all these nine companies are making. For example, if they, all, they, all of them make paracetamol, all of them make cotton as well, but we still have uh, products flooding the market from other companies. So it means we are exporting those jobs, we are exporting those, uh, that money that was supposed to circulate in the industry. But I think when we put all the policies in line, definitely investment comes with their correct policies, where there's a return for any investor that is coming in, where there is stability of, 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 of their investment, and usually they'll, 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 they'll follow through. So the policies also need to align in the microeconomic environment, and then the industry has to organize itself even from a technical perspective. Mr. Nkomo, mm. your thesis highlighted mm. a lot about uh, local production exactly. um, and the industry. So tell us a bit more about that and give us maybe some, some insight of where yeah. we can where convert we can... this from you know, theory to actual, to actual, 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 actual yeah. facts. Mm. Um, during my research, I, uh, I noted that, uh, like when Mr. Karani was talking about, you were saying that uh, we have companies that manufacture paracetamol, we've got pat- companies that manufacture cotrimoxazole. So the essence for a global purchaser, the first thing they'll look at is your GMP record and your WHO status. Um, are you pre-qualified? They'll give preference to companies that are pre-qualified. We used to only have one company that was pre-qualified in this country for the manufacture of ARVs. Yes, yeah, so standards are quite important. Standards are yeah, totally standards. important. So whatever you, whenever you start, it's all about standards. To ensure that your WHO pre-qualified or your standards are f- following current uh, GMP regulations so that um, whoever would purchase your medicines, they are assured of quality and they are assured of proper drug delivery to, to the sick patients. So that is a very, very important factor that we, 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 we can't run away from. And another way to ensure that investment comes in, we need more entrepreneurs to come into, into this pharmaceutical space as greenfields and start all over again. Start pitching high. I want to be WHO pre-qualified. I want to ensure that my products um, are not just going to serve Zimbabweans. We have think a regionally, regionally. Think of trading blocks. Yes, yes trading blocks. I think I'm thinking borders, yeah. beyond our borders, up to the north, we're looking at 
probably billions up the north. But the essence is what would have probably driven you to start is to serve the local market. But we want to serve the local market with internationally um, approved and internationally um, um, uh, international standards for our own local um, personnel or local people so that when we then do export, we, have, um, we are now used to doing that. Quality is what we're selling. Yes. Quality generics mm -hmm. is what we're looking at. Yes. So as, um, as um, my parting shot on that one, I would think that we need to ensure investment comes in and how do we do that? Um, look at international investment. Uh, and probably it'll come through local banks, but international investment that has the, a government guarantee. Nah. So our government really has to say, okay, Greenfields, you've put yourself together. Um, we want to move forward. Let's move forward. Right. As a grouping. Um, and I would be very honest, working alone at such a thing, you won't get any traction. You won't get any traction. So it's more of a, a sustained group effort. And it, it, and what I'm really happy about is um, what we then noted for my thesis is everything stands in the hands of government. If government policies are changed and are suited towards manufacturing, we'll get a lot of green fields. We will get, we will, we will get back to the glory days of the 80s and, and the early 90s where we even did export to Australia certain medicines wow. yeah so it, it, it can come back and we need to think positively and ensure we are focused on quality right from the get-go right from the beginning and also ensure that our projects are bankable with proper systems in place from the get-go yes. and I think and with the support of the government it's very very important because um, if we are going to try and export to Zambia, for say, they'll say, um, are you, you want to export to us? Are your medical, is your national pharmaceutical company full? Say, yes, we're full. We're looking forward. So the essence is for us to create self-sustainability up to a level. I'm sure probably, like I did then design a model in my thesis, which is on sustainable growth of the pharmaceutical sector. So I'm looking at the way I designed it is there are certain things that need to happen and certain policy changes that are needed for us to then start from the 10% we are and starting to grow. Probably within the next five to 10 years, we should try and get to 10, I mean to 50% at least trying to manufacture half of the things that our population needs. And also looking at our essential medicines list, Edley's or Emily's, whatever we would want to call it. What can we manufacture here locally? Right. Yes. Yes. And uh, like what he also noted, sterile products, IV fluids, we're importing our own water. I mean, we really need to think about ways and means where we can reduce that import bill and create a certain 
type of self-sustainability. Mm. I think going forward, mm. yes. Because I think at the end of it, it's quite important to mm. then create that uh, stability. Because sometimes as a supply chain is quite shaky, unfortunately, you yes. find if there's a big disruption or mm. another country refuses to export products to the here and mm. to this region, mm-hmm. you find it heavily affects even some of our health outcomes and even some of the goals that we're planning around healthcare. Mm. So I think it's quite an important um, area where we need to just think about how we get there, how we also get to group together, even as pharmacists, mm-hmm. to try create such systems so that we can uh, move forward. Mm-hmm. Mr. Karen, any comments you also want to share? Okay. Yeah, so generally the industry is to, to, to come together and define the path that they need to, to follow, especially pharmacists. But in any conversation on, on medicine or procurement, they need pharmacists in there to give their input um, so that they can be able to assist and the nation so that we have to reduce the number of drugs that are going to expire, uh, drugs that are not going to be used um, and going forward. And also uh, to synchronize the, the demand for the, for the country. Because currently we have many um, importers that are doing their own thing without necessarily coming together to see what medicines are needed and for what purposes. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that needs to be to be organized to say oh oh manufacturers, oh sellers and so on. Let's get organized because investment follows where they organization. When when people are organized, people will want to invest more mm-hmm. in there. They will see the need, they will see the demand. Because at the moment as a pharmacist to estimate certain certain quantities that are needed for a particular product. It's very difficult because the data is is cutting every organization yeah. is keeping their eyes mm. and need to data to themselves mm. and so on. So any investor would want to see if I'm going to put a plant, um, what is my, my capacity, what is my output, what is my demand mm. uh, and so on. And also we need to, to move with trends to say um, what are the new drugs that are there currently uh, and, and what are the, the, the requirements currently by, by WHO and as an industry we need also to to, to upgrade the drugs, we upgrade the list that we, we are having so that we can participate in the region, can participate in the in the, in the, in the global market. Mm. But the industry, to me, uh, there's potential. There's potential for growth. Opportunities are there. Uh, and we would invite a lot of people to come and invest in the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. Yes, yeah. So I think um, we also need to have, I think, a lot, a lot of uh, discussions, whether it's even with the regulator, if there's anything that's hampering us from achieving our certain goals. And we have to have discussions with the policymakers, as you mentioned, and also with the investors so that we can figure out how we can actually move forward and also get there in terms of where we want to go. So um, thank you so much, uh, I think both of you, for joining us here and also for being here with us. Um, I'm hoping that on the next conversation, we can actually invite one of those actors here, whether it's a regulator, policymaker, or some of the personnel that are in government so that we can actually talk and discuss and have conversations that actually move and shake and shape the industry. So any parting words um, that you'd want to share? We'll start with you, uh, Mr. Karan. Yes, thank you very much. Um, so to the young pharmacists that are there, bring in all the guns, bring in all those ideas, uh, bring it to the industry. Let's come and shape the world. We, we are what we are. Um, we can impact this. Uh, India is what it is today because of its pharmaceutical industry. Because certain young people, certain government uh, officials saw it fit to to, to drive the trajectory to what it is today. And if India did it, Zimbabwe can also do it. 
Thanks very much. Yeah, definitely. No, thanks okay. for those words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, my parting shot will basically be uh, we have seen where the gaps are. Let's turn these gaps to investment opportunities and let's try and uh, uh, work together as pharmacists to ensure we take it to the next level. Uh, it's I, I think it's probably we have to revolutionize how we think as pharmacists and probably go to our different universities and sort of now try and create pharmacists that are not so clinical, but are more industrial. Yes. Um, and probably try and match those type career paths to ensure that someone is out of the, our local university and ready to try on some kind of manufacturing at a small scale and scale it up. Yes, and I think uh, the essence of scaling up entities and ensuring that from the get-go we are following international standards. They may be tough to follow, but um, that is how you get recognition and that's how we ensure we have protected our own public. Yes, yes and I think going forward, um, that's what we need from our young pharmacists and uh, the younger generation. We're still young, yes, but... We can only take it so far. We need to work together. Yes, yes. Yeah, definitely. Thank I think we need to continue working together. Mm. I think we've got brilliant minds and um, mm. brains here locally. And we also have a number of skilled even Zimbabweans mm. that are across a board mm. and doing some amazing things. So I think it's also time for all of us, I think, to come together to work towards a common vision. And I'm, I'm sure that we will get there and improve. All right. Yeah, so thank you very much, both of you, for being here and just thank taking you. time out of your busy schedules. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.